Praise the Lord. It's good to see you in the house of the Lord this morning. I have a lot of scriptures to read. Excuse me, it's warm up here. I heard about a football team that had been having not the best of success and the coach, and this actually happened, I don't remember what his name was, I don't keep up too much with sports, but I heard the story about the, the coach and he got his men in and, and he said, we need to get back to basics, he said, and he picked up a football, he said, this is a football. And this morning, this is a church. And we come here to worship the Lord. And we come here to learn how to live for Jesus. So I want to read this morning in the book of Ephesians, the fifth chapter. Read all of it. Beginning at verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children... And walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness let it not be once named among you as become as saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know that no harmonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of God, kingdom of Christ, and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the Spirit of God. Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it, even as the Lord the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his wife and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. I want you to notice verse 11, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. 
Now I want to turn to the book of 2 Corinthians in the 6th chapter. And read there beginning at verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, for what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Now I want to turn to the book of First Peter, the second chapter. First Peter 2, beginning at verse 1. Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. If so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious, Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in sign a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should shew forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. I want us to stand, lift up our hands to the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Lord, we thank you for your holy word. Thank you for your wonderful spirit. Thank you for the church of the living God. Thank you for our call to righteousness and to walk in holiness before you, Lord. Oh, God, impress upon our hearts. Praise the Lord, the importance of your word, the lateness of the hour. Glory to God, glory to God. The urgency, Lord, praise God with which we need. Praise the Lord to pursue this life of living for you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, glory to God. Bless us, Lord. Sanctify us, Lord. Draw us near to you, Lord. In Jesus' wonderful name, in the name of the Lord, in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. And you may be seated. Praise God. I'm going to talk this morning about two worlds of one race. There is something going on in the church. Now we expect to see problems, troubles, divisions, and all these sort of things in the world. But the devil is invading the church, and he is attacking us at the basics. And so we have to go back to basics. We have to begin to tell you that you are not part of the world. You are a different world. The church is a world unto itself. 
<clears throat> there is only one race of men. God made Adam and Eve, and from them we have all of the people that are in the world today, the white people, the black people, the yellow people, the brown people. Because of the different climates they live, the different uh, diets that they have eaten, and other uh, factors, they have become uh, different uh, people in a different manner, look different, and so on and so forth, but we are all one race. But there's two worlds, praise God, of this one race. And we have a world of godly people, and we have a world of ungodly people. Look at here in Ephesians again in the fifth chapter, verse 8 and 9. For ye were sometimes darkness. He's talking here to the Ephesian church, to people that are saved. He said, ye were sometimes darkness. But now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. When we receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost, we receive the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. And the Bible says against such there is no law. As long as we have that fruit in our life, we are God's people. We are walking as children of God. And the Christian is a transformation. He has an obligation, and he has to present a demonstration to our world. <clears throat> the way to be saved is to repent of your sins. Sin separates men from God. You cannot come to God with your sin. You can't just come and say, I accept the Lord, because you're not acceptable. He, he's acceptable to you, but you're not acceptable to him until you have repented. The Bible says God doesn't hear the sinner's prayer. If you have iniquity in your heart, he doesn't hear your prayer. So you have to come to God and repent of your sin. Lord, I'm a sinner. Amen. Then we're baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of our sin. All of our sins then are blotted out. Amen. And then the Bible says we will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and we will bring forth those fruits that I just mentioned in our life. We'll have that in our life. The Holy Ghost is something that gives us power to live above sin. Yes. Praise the Lord. So we are transformed from immorality to holiness. We are transformed to perfection. The Bible says that the Lord has placed pastors and teachers and so on in the church for the perfecting of the saints. That means that people can become perfect. Praise God. I'm not perfect yet, but I'm working on it. You may not be perfect yet, but you're supposed to be working on perfection when you're a child of God. That's the reason that you come to the church to hear the Word of God. That's the reason you come to the church to sing the songs of Zion. That's the reason you come to the church to testify of the good things God has done for you. Give Him thanks for saving you. It's so important to talk about the Holy Ghost Praise the Lord. It's good to talk about the weather. I'm so thankful the weather's good. I'm so thankful that we had a turkey for Thanksgiving. I'm so thankful I had gas in my car to get to church. All these things are good, but it's so important to give thanks to God for remission of sin, for repentance from sin, for the regeneration of having the gift of the Holy Ghost. He's given us power in our life. Praise the Lord. He has transformed us from a sinner to a saint. Brother, that's a tremendous responsibility and we have a great obligation when he has changed us from sinners to saints praise the lord he transformed us from ignorance to knowledge this is his word and brother it's full of all of the things that we need to know and i read a lot of those things for you this morning from ignorance to knowledge he transformed us from sadness to joy no sinner is happy they do a million things to try to make themselves happy. They smoke cigarettes, they drink booze, they go to dances, they play cards, they gamble, they do all these crazy things. Uh, they marry and divorce and marry again and they try to get happy. It doesn't make them happy. Nothing makes them happy. There's only one thing that will make you happy and that's to be saved, right. to become a Christian. And your sadness is gone. 
I know what it was like when I, I was a sinner and I laid my head on my pillow every night and I'd say, now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I know that He wouldn't because I was a sinner. Praise the Lord. But when I repented of my sins, I was baptized and received the Holy Ghost. I didn't have to worry about laying my head down and say, now I lay me down to sleep. I just get down and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I thank you. You kept me through this day. I know that if you come tonight, I'm going to go with you to glory. That's what the saint can do. Praise the Lord. There is no sadness. There is no night in heaven. There is no immorality. There is no ignorance. There is no sorrow in heaven. Everything over there is going to be light. Everything over there is going to be wonderful righteousness and holiness. Everything over there is going to be wisdom and knowledge. Everything over there is going to be joy and gladness and happiness and rejoicing in heaven. It is worth making an effort for. I believe it's worth making an effort to make it. Praise the Lord. I could tell you about the uh, alternative, but I'm not going to do that. You all know what it is. If you don't go to heaven, there's only one other place to go. Our obligations. And we have two light, two, two duties, and that is to walk in the light and to please God. We walk in the light and we please God. <clears throat> we don't walk in the twilight, not in that gray area. Right. Or what can I get by with? What do you think God will really let me get by with? Can I cheat a little here and skip a little there and, and chisel a little bit here? No, that's not it. We're walking in the light. We're not walking in the valley. Praise the Lord. We're not way down there somewhere, you know, in the valley and we're always down to the mullet grubs and we're hanging down there where we don't know what to do. But we're walking, praise God, on the mountaintop when we're walking with Jesus. Yes. We're in the light. And we're pleasing God. Amen. Verse 8 said, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light. In the Lord walk as children of light, for the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. We need to prove what is acceptable to the Lord. And the Bible tells us what is acceptable to the Lord. In Romans, the 12th chapter, the first verse, I beseech ye therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now in the Old Testament they brought an animal, and they killed it, and they presented a dead body. They sprinkled the blood of that dead body for their sin. In the New Testament you bring a living body, and you present that living body to God and you say, I want this to be a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So it does have something to do with our bodies. Somebody said, why, it doesn't make any difference what you look like, it doesn't make any difference, you know, as long as you, your heart is right. That's only a little part of your body. That's right. Besides your heart, you've got a liver and you've got a stomach and you've got a spleen and you've got kidneys and you've got a bladder. And you got arms, you got legs, you got eyes, you got toes, you got toenails, and, and you got the hair, and all of those things. That's all part of your body. That's right. Praise God. And you're presenting all of that to God. Amen. Amen. You're presenting your body as a living sacrifice. Right. Amen. We're getting right back to basics, folks. Right. What does it mean to be a Christian? What does it mean, praise God, to be ready when Jesus comes? Because Jesus is coming soon, and I want to see you in the rapture. Amen. Amen. I don't want to have any of your blood on my hands. I don't want any of you to say, you didn't tell me. I didn't know about it. I didn't hear it. Praise God. I want you to know it. I want you to hear it. Amen. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're not conformed to this world. You look around and you see what the world looks like and you want to look exactly the opposite of what they look like if you're going to be a Christian. If they're wearing makeup, you don't want makeup. If they're wearing jewelry, you don't want jewelry. If they got their hair bobbed off, you don't want your hair bobbed off. If they're wearing slacks and ungodly clothes, you don't want to wear that. Not just to church, but everywhere you go because you're a light to the world wherever you go. Praise God all the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're a man, you don't want your hair hanging down on your shoulders because the Bible says it is a shame for a man to have long hair. That's right. That's right. Praise the Lord. 
If you're a woman, you want to have all of your hair because the Bible says your hair is your glory. Amen. Praise God. And the Bible talks about immodesty, and we don't want to be immodest. Praise the Lord. We want to be godly. Okay, so then we have, besides transformation and obligation, we have demonstration. The fruit of the Spirit. Divine goodness. And it comes from God, and we pass it on to other people. Love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. And the measure of your faith is how faithful you are. I'll say that again. The measure of your faith is how faithful you are. If you just pray once in a while, you're not faithful. If you just read your Bible once in a while, you're not faithful. If you just come to church when you feel like it, you're not faithful. If you just pay your tithes when you get around to it, you're not faithful. The measure of your faith is how faithful you are in everything that you do. If you just witness to every other person, you're not faithful. You're supposed to witness to everybody. Your life's supposed to be a light to them. Amen. Wherever you go. You don't turn the light off sometimes and turn it on sometimes. The Bible says, Jesus said, let your light so shine that men might see this wonderful thing that you've got. Just let it shine. Praise the Lord. Don't put a shade over it. Don't turn it off. Don't hide it. Just let it shine. Amen. Divine righteousness. It's something that's new to you. It's different. Praise God. He said over here, let me find it again in Ephesians chapter 5. Ye were sometimes darkness. You were sometimes darkness. But now you're light. You're light in the Lord. And you're supposed to walk as children of light. It's something new. You didn't have that when you were a sinner. When you were a sinner, you got mad, you swore. Uh, you got uh, mad at somebody, you cussed them out, kicked them, punched them in the nose. Uh, if you got a chance to cheat somebody, beat somebody, you did it when you were a sinner. But you don't do that now. You're changed. You're different. Amen. You have that fruit of spirit of divine righteousness. Something new in your life. It's a divine reality. You are in harmony with God. We have a portrait of two worlds as we look at a world of wickedness and as we look at a world of righteousness. Two worlds. Praise God. Every person that you meet is in one world or the other. Either they're in the world and the prince of the prince of the power of the air, which is Satan, or they're in the world of Jesus Christ in his church. Okay, now, verse 11. They have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. No fellowship. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. In other words, somebody says, I want you to go over to my house, we're going to play cards. You say, I'm sorry. Uh, they say, come on over to our place, we're going to have a dance. You know, when my dad was first saved, uh, there was a certain night that they, they had some friends that used to come, and they'd go dancing every week. And when he got saved, he got out behind the barn, and he said, Lord, he said, you know that on that night they're going to come, and they're going to ask me to go dance. And he said, you know, I won't be able to say no. He was just a baby Christian. And uh, you know what happened? They didn't come. Nobody came. He didn't have to say no. The word got around. Henry Peterson got converted. He left the world of darkness. He's walking in the world of light. He doesn't dance anymore. He doesn't drink anymore. My dad used to make homebrew back in Prohibition days. People would come, they'd sit and drink homebrew all night and play cards till the sun come up in the morning. Yeah. And, uh, and all that was gone. All that was changed. Praise the Lord. He, he left one world and he came over into a different world, a new world. Amen. You've got to make a clean break. You've got to let people know where you stand. You don't compromise. Because the Bible says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather approve them. And so your friends and your relatives say, well, I want you to come over because we're going to do this and that. And you say, well, listen, I'm a Christian now and I just, I'm sorry. Praise the Lord. If you want to come over, to, if, we want you to, if you'd like to have me come over to your house and have a Bible study, we'll come over. Praise the Lord. 
This is what we have to do as Christians. And it's worth it. Amen. Amen. It's worth it. And if you don't have enough grace of God and enough Holy Ghost to do these things, then you need to get in the altar and pray until God gives you the power to be able to say no to the world. Because the Bible says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. So when they say, I want you to come over to our house, we're going to have a beer party, you say, uh, don't you know that beer destroys your brain? Alcohol destroys your brain. And alcohol destroys your liver. And alcohol destroys your kidneys. And alcohol can give you cancer. Reprove them. Tell them about it. And you don't need to be mean about it. You don't need to be hateful about it. You can be just as sweet and just as nice as you want to be. And you should be. Say, I'm just sorry, but you know, God woke me up and showed me something. I'm in a new world. I'm not out there where I'm destroying my body anymore. I'm not out there where I'm putting myself in the way of temptation. I don't dance anymore unless I dance at home with my own wife. And there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're dancing to Christian music. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Not to worldly music because you've left the world of sin and darkness behind. Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> there's one world that's wicked and there's one world that's godly. And the men that are wicked in the wicked world are worthless. Their works are unfruitful. They don't bring forth the fruit of the Spirit of love and joy and peace and long-suffering and gentleness and goodness and faith and meekness and temperance. They don't do that. Rather, their life is a weed patch. And their life has got a bunch of poisonous herbs growing in it. They're not fruitful to God for anything, and so they're worthless. But they need to be saved. They need to be redeemed. They need to be brought out of that. They need to be brought out of darkness into light. The devil is a deceiver, and the devil makes people think that if I'm big enough to smoke and drink and fight and cuss and commit adultery, I'm really it. He's a deceiver. That's not it. That's darkness. That's no fruit. That's weeds. That's poisonous herbs. That is not what God wants from people. That wicked world is a clandestine world. The things that they do are done in darkness and in secret. They don't want people to know what's going on. They go out and they make a deal to sell some dope to somebody and find out that it was a hitman, a government man, and they're in prison. They thought they were going to make some easy money, and they're in big trouble. They go out and run around with somebody else's wife, and the guy comes around and shoots them. That's what it amounts to in the world. Praise God, we don't have that in the church. That wicked world is a shameful world. Look at verse 12. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. It's a shame. It's a shameful world. It's a disgraceful world. It's a disreputable world. It's a contemptible world. I'm so glad that I got out of that kind of a life and that kind of a world and got over into the world where I know people that I can trust. I know people that love me. I know people that will help me. I know people that love God. I know people that are concerned, praise the Lord, about the welfare of our world. They're not just selfish in thinking about themselves thinking about having a good time, thinking about gratifying the desires of the flesh. Sin is a shame. It's shameful. It separates men from God. <clears throat> Verse 14 says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. So those people that are in sin are sleeping people. They're, they've got a moral sleepiness. As far as their morals are concerned, they're unconscious. Uh, they, they, they don't realize that there's good out there that they could have. Uh, they're not aware of that. Praise God. And that sleep ends in death, uh, not in refreshment. Uh, an honest man lays down at night and he sleeps and he wakes up refreshed in the morning. The sinner lays down and goes to sleep. And one of these days when he wakes up, he's going to be dead in sin. He's going to be lost forever. Verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. <clears throat> arise from the dead. 
a person that's in sin is living a living death. Sin brings death, but uh, salvation brings deliverance from sin and from death. Uh, if we get saved, we don't have to worry about death because if we die, we're just sleeping in Christ. And when the trumpet sounds, we're going to wake up and we're going to go to be with Jesus forever in heaven. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Bible says, She that liveth in pleasure is dead while she yet liveth. A corpse. People walking around that look like they're alive, but as long as they're living in sin, they're dead. Their soul is dead. It's asleep. It's unconscious. It needs to be woke up. That's the reason you need to witness to people and tell them, you can repent, you can be baptized, you can have the Holy Ghost, you can have all the glories and wonders of belonging to the body of Christ, the church of the living God. You can hear the trumpet when it sounds and you can go to be with Jesus. One world is worthless and clandestine and shameful and sleepy and mortal. And then there's a world of Christly men. Praise the Lord. And this world has a work to do with the other world. We need to try to save those that are out there that are asleep in sin, that are unconscious, that don't realize that they can wake up at an altar of repentance. They become aware of the fact of how much they need God. Oh, I remember how it was when I was a sinner. And every day it was like there was a sword hanging over my head. You heard that old myth about the king that looked up and there was a sword hanging over his head, held by a horsehair, uh, the tail of a horsehair hanging over his head. Every day he's sitting there with that sword. That sword might drop any time and kill him. That's the way it is with the sinner. And that's the way I felt, like there was something hanging over me, like there was a weight that I couldn't get free from. And oh, when I come to that altar and I threw myself at Jesus' feet and I laid on the floor and I wept in the church. Folks, you've got to humble yourself. The Bible says become like a little child if you're going to enter into the kingdom. Don't be afraid, praise God, to humble yourself. It's the only way to make it in. Amen. Praise God. We have to separate ourselves from them and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. That doesn't mean that you say, I'm never going to talk to you again. I'm not going to have anything to do with you again. You just separate yourself from all the ungodly things they do. You just let them know where you, where you stand. Don't invite me for, uh, for dinner Sunday because I'll be in church Sunday. Praise God. If you want to invite me so that I can get there after church, fine, I'll come. You've got to let people know that you don't compromise a man with the world. You know, some people, they're so jealous, they're so envious of you that they'll do anything to get you to forsake your salvation. They'll invite you here and they'll invite you there. They'll try to deceive you. Praise the God. And we don't want the world to deceive us. The devil is a deceiver and the Bible says that we're not ignorant of his devices. He wants to destroy us. He's a killer. He's a robber. Amen. We want to be like Jesus. And the Bible says Jesus was separate from sinners. Now he sat and ate with the publicans. Uh, they brought him a woman that was taken in adultery and he forgave her. And he said, go and sin no more. It doesn't mean that he didn't have anything to do with sinners. Uh, they accused him of being a wine bibbler because he went some places where people uh, were drinking wine. But he never partook of that. And I'm sure, praise God, uh, the, the wine that he made when he went to that wedding wasn't anything that was going to keep, get people intoxicated. Sure. Praise the Lord. But yet we have coming into the church today people who say that you should have real wine with alcohol in it for communion. I don't believe in that. I don't believe that you should have wine uh, with your meals. I don't believe that you should partake of alcohol. Alcohol is not good for you. Alcohol can start some people off on a binge and, and they'll... Uh, they go over the deep end uh, because uh, they're an alcoholic. Uh, and uh, so somebody comes in here and gets saved and, and we serve uh, wine with alcohol in it for communion and, and destroy them. Uh, we don't do that. Jesus said it's the fruit of the vine. He said this cup is the fruit of the vine. And the fruit of the vine was grape juice and that's what we use. Uh, the, after it is fermented, it's corrupt and it's unhealthy. And, and the wine that... Uh, that Paul told Timothy to take, I don't believe, was alcoholic wine. It was a real good concentrated grape juice and there was vitamins and minerals in there that was good for him. And that's the reason that he told him to take a little wine for his stomach's sake. And people use any kind of excuse, you know, to say, well, it says in the Bible, you can do this, you can do that. Praise the Lord. We are to be separate from sinners just like Jesus was. And we are to reprove them. Tell them that they're wrong. Reprove means to tell people that they're wrong. 
And uh, you're not going to make any friends by pointing your finger at somebody and say you're going straight to hell if you do that. But God will give you a little wisdom to be able to put your armor on them and look at them and say, listen, I used to do that, but I don't do it anymore and I feel so much better. Amen? I used to indulge in that, but I don't anymore. And, and, and I feel so much better. It makes me feel so much better physically and, and uh, mentally and spiritually. Praise God. Praise God. We reprove them by our word and by our life and by the contrast that they see in us. We don't dress like they do anymore. We don't habits have habits like they have anymore. We don't go to the places that they go anymore. We just don't do that. We say, I have transferred from one world into another world. I have left the race of the wicked. I have joined the race of the righteous and the holy, and I'm on my way to heaven, praise God, and it's a highway of holiness yeah. all the way. Praise the Lord. And we give them illumination. Verse 13. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. We illuminate them. We hold forth to them the light of holiness. They begin to look at you and they say, Well, listen, uh, why do you go to church every Sunday morning, every Sunday evening, every Wednesday night? Why is it that you read your Bible every day? Why is it that... Uh, that you don't go to the tavern anymore? Why is it that you threw your cigarettes away? Why is it that you got rid of your dope? Uh, why is it that you don't gamble anymore? Why is it that you've done all of these things? You see, your very life is a light to them. You hold forth that light. Praise the Lord. And it is a light of holiness. Yes, amen. Verse 14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Uh, we resuscitate them. That's a hard word for me to pronounce. Uh, somebody has a heart attack and uh, you can resuscitate them you know they stop breathing and uh, so uh, they used to you know just go mouth to mouth now they've got a, an instrument that they use because everybody's got AIDS and you don't dare go mouth to mouth but they, they breathe for them and, and get them breathing again and resuscitate them and uh, that's what we do praise the Lord when we begin to tell them about Jesus Amen. We thunder in their ear. We say, praise the Lord. We say, glory to God. We say, hallelujah. We say, the Bible is wonderful. We say, the church is the way to go. Amen. Amen. There's nothing like it. Praise the Lord. We speak life into that dead heart. Amen. We send the light of the world their way. Uh, someone said that there's greater works that we can do. We can raise the sinner to life. Amen. We blast the trumpet of the gospel over the moral cemetery. Praise the Lord. Have you ever got out on the street corner for Jesus? You need to try it sometime. Get right out on the street corner. Uh, I remember old Brother Mitchell, when he first got saved, he tells about how he got out in the street and uh, he wanted to do something for Jesus and he said he didn't know what to do and he had his Bible, so... He knelt down in the street, right out on the sidewalk, and he started to pray. And this was quite a few years ago. Now, you know, today, if it had been today, he'd probably come along with a paddy wagon and throw him in and took him down to the mental hospital. But people gathered around, and here's this guy up there kneeling on the sidewalk praying and just praising the Lord. And pretty soon he opened his eyes and looked around, and there's a whole crowd. So he gets his Bible, and he gets up, and he just starts to preach to him. Praise God. Amen. Blast the trumpet of the gospel. Tell people about it. You don't need to be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Amen. It's the power of God. It's the power of God. Amen. We live in a different world. There are two worlds. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I told you. The devil is invading the church. Some of our churches are leaving the uh, United Pentecostal Church because they say you're too strict. We can't wear makeup. We can't wear jewelry. We can't wear slacks. We can't drink wine. We can't go to the movies. So we're just going to get out. <clears throat> the days are evil. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled 
with the Spirit. <clears throat> Be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. That's what Sister Kay does when she's driving down the road. Giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. <clears throat> Christian consistency. We're the same every day. Wake up in the morning. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. When my eyes popped open this morning, that's what it said. Praise the Lord. And when I when my eyes went to sleep last night, I said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. Praise God. We have a holy zeal, a worship for God. Praise the Lord. Wisdom, not as fools, uh, not hypocrites. Brother, it, it doesn't pay to come into the church and pretend and put on. Amen. Uh, the uh, senator, Senator Cole, I wrote him a letter about this uh, <clears throat> business with the homosexuals and <clears throat> they're trying to pass a law to give them equal rights and if they come along and want a job, you've got to hire them, whether you've got a Christian school or uh, if they want to be a Boy Scout leader, anything you're going to give them, they can go where they want to do what they want to do and it'll be discrimination if you don't and they can sue you if you don't want to hire them. And our United States government is trying to pass a law like that and I wrote to Senator Cole, and he wrote back, and he said, I do not see how we can uh, uh, discriminate against people because of their sexual preferences. In other words, if they're homosexual, nothing to do about it. Forget about it. Let them do what they want to do. And uh, so I wrote back to him, and I gave him some scriptures, and I uh, gave him some points, and, and then uh, on the end of it, I said, P.S., I... I'm certainly, uh, I certainly respect you for telling me straight what you believe and not just beating around the bush. And so I got a letter back from him. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> if I'd have just blasted him, I might never heard anything else, but I got a letter back just yesterday, I think, and he said, you made some good points. <clears throat> but it didn't change his mind. <laughs> Praise God. He said, we still don't quite agree. But we've got to be light in this world. We've got to stand for what's right. Amen. Don't you know that Jesus spoke about the abomination that worketh desolation when these homosexuals can do what they please and women can abort all their children? That's the abomination of desolation. When the government sanctions that and says that's okay and we're even going to pay for these abortions, brother, we have come to the end. And Jesus could come any minute and rescue us and get us out of here. Praise God, it won't be two worlds in. It'll be one world. The world of the wicked will be here. And God's wrath will be poured out on those poor people. Praise God. Diligence. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. Amen. We need to be sure that we get our praying done. We need to be sure that we have our family altar. Gather those children are Have a time with the Bible and God. The Bible says buy the truth and sell it not. Brother, we've made an investment in this thing. We have changed our lifestyle. We have changed our, our company that we keep. Uh, some of my relatives, even my own children, don't have any time for me anymore. But I'm not going to change my lifestyle. I'm not going to go back to what they've got. One of them called yesterday. What are you going to do for Christmas? What's going on for Christmas? Hadn't heard from them for months. You see, when you take a stand for God, you stepped out of one world into another world. And they don't like your world when they're out in sin. That's right. They don't like your world when they're in some dead church. The Bible says having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. Instead of turning away, they walk over into that. And justify themselves in that and think, this is really great. My, you know, I'm sitting in this church and I can do as I please. I can just do any old thing that I want to do and just as long as I come once in a while to church and and uh, if I want to have a wedding, I can have a wedding here. If I want to have a funeral, we can have a funeral here. That's not it, folks. That's not it. That's not the world of light that Jesus wants to be in. Praise the Lord. You know, God has established some very wonderful things in this old world. And somebody said He established time. And you know, the Bible says that there's going to be a place where time ends. Time will be no more. But you know why he made time? That time is God's way of keeping everything from taking place at once. 
We got a record from the beginning of the Bible, from the day that he created this thing, right up until the time that he destroys it and makes a new heaven and a new earth. It's all outlined in the Bible, and it doesn't all take place at once. But he lets us know something about things that are going to happen, and we know that we're nearing the end because all of the times around us, all of the things around us are evil, and Jesus is coming any one of these days to get his people out of this mess because it's getting unbearable. Praise the Lord. We're getting the past. And those things which are behind, Paul said, I press toward the mark for the prize of the calling of God in Christ Jesus. We're not uh, in any kind of formalism. We're not worshiping mammon, not just trying to make money. Praise the Lord. But we are on a highway that leads to heaven. Verse 17 Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of God? It's His will that we give thanks in all things. It's His will that we walk with Him day by day. Praise the Lord. And verse 18 said, And be not drunk with wine, where is in excess, but be filled with the Spirit. A holy zeal, a holy excitement. The Holy Ghost, when it comes into people's life, brother, it makes them excited. It makes them change. Amen. Some people shout and jump up and down. Some people dance. Some people pass out, fall out. Amen. Some people run the aisle when they get the Holy Ghost. Some people just rejoice and lift their hands and speak in tongues. Praise the Lord. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to have that holy excitement, to have that zeal. You know, people crave excitement. The world has gone on a crazy binge uh, for excitement. Uh, they've got to have the, the supernatural. People have even joined Satanism and all kind of these occult and witchcraft because they, they're looking for something that's exciting, something that's mysterious. Uh, a bungee jumping. <laughs> Man, I tell you, uh, you got to have some excitement, you know. you got to risk your life. Uh, praise God. Get out there and do something exciting. Uh, they're looking for something. They're, they're, they're uh, uh, getting a hold of these sports on the radio and on the TV and going out to the ball games. Uh, because they want excitement. They're going to the movies where they want to see the shoot 'em up bang bangs and the, the tires squealing and the airplanes crashing and they're going out to the, uh, uh, what's the name of this place up here, Treasure Island and get their pull tabs and put their money on the, on the cards and on the bingo games. Uh, Got to have excitement. Got to have something to get us, you know, feeling good. Pornography. Go down and buy themselves uh, one of these horrible magazines and get themselves all full of lust. Uh, you got to have excitement. But there's no excitement like the excitement of repenting and getting baptized and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost and living for God and expecting the rapture at any minute. Brother, it's going to be exciting when Jesus comes. Praise God. Praise God. I just want to tell you like it is because I want you to go on the rapture. But you're going to have to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. You're going to have to reprove them. Verse 19, Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? Speaking to yourselves. You know, people think you're crazy when you talk to yourself. But you're not crazy when you talk to yourself. Praise God. I've always said that it's good to talk to yourself because you get good answers. Amen. And they say it's, it's all right to talk to yourself, but don't answer. Don't answer because that's bad, then you're crazy. No. The only time you really get the answers you want is when you talk to yourself. And when you talk to the Lord. Praise God, speaking to yourselves. Now see these people who tell you you shouldn't talk to yourself. The Bible says speaking to yourselves. Okay? When they tell you that next time, tell them the Bible says we're supposed to do this. Amen. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things. Giving thanks always for all things. Praise God. For all things. Unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I want to read from the Amplified New Testament in Romans, the 14th chapter, verse 21. The right thing is to eat no meat or drink no wine at all or do anything else. If it hurts your brother's conscience or makes him stumble or offends or weakens him, 
In other words, love is a thing. Brother, I'm telling you, if you're, if you're offending your brother by anything that you're doing, stop doing it. Don't do it. Praise God. That soul that you are offending is worth more than all of the world. One soul is worth more than all the world. We're selfish if we keep on doing something and it's hurting somebody else. If the preacher don't believe it and the saints don't believe it and the church don't believe it, don't do it. No sacrifice is too great, he said, to present our bodies a living sacrifice unto God. Amen. Oh, praise God. This is a wonderful world that we live in when we walk into it. We have private and social fellowship with Jesus. Uh, Sister uh, Anderson said she couldn't pray at home, but she learned how to do that. I remember when I had to learn how to pray. I had prayed for years and years. And, uh, and I went to the church and repented and I received the Holy Ghost and, and I got home and I got down by my <clears throat> damn port after everybody else had gone to bed and, and I started to try to pray and, and I thought, well, I wonder what I should pray about and, and how do I pray? And, and I'd start to pray and pretty soon my mind would wander off and I'd have to bring it back and I'd pray some more and my mind would mind wander off again and I'd have to bring it back. It takes a while to learn how to pray, to really learn how to pray. Praise the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> It takes a little while, but you learn how. And one of the wonderful things about it is that you can get to the place where you can just get broken before the Lord. Sometimes you can come in and you don't have to hardly say anything and you begin to weep before the Lord. Praise God. You can be so thankful for the things that He's given you. God is so good. Praise the Lord. Submitting yourselves to one another. Amen. Praise the Lord. Here's a little thing that I found. Uh, this is a dialogue between a recent convert and an unbelieving friend. So you have been converted to Christ. Yes. Then you must know a great deal about him. Tell me, what country was he born in? He said, I don't know. What was his age when he died? I don't know. How many sermons did he preach? I don't know. You certainly know very little for a man who claims to be converted to Christ. You are right. I'm ashamed at how little I know about him, but this much I do know. Three years ago I was a drunkard. I was in debt. My family was falling to pieces. My wife and children would dread my return home each evening. But now I have given up drink. We're out of debt. Ours is now a happy home. All this Christ has done for me. This much I know of him. Praise God. You don't have to know everything that's in the Bible. You don't have to know everything that the church teaches. You don't have to be... uh, you know, super brain or anything like that. All you've got to do is let Jesus change you. He loves you too much to accept you like you are when you come to Him. He wants to change you. He wants to bring you out of one world, a world of darkness and wickedness, over into a world of light and a world of righteousness and a world of holiness. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians. Chapter 13 and verse 4. Talking about love. <clears throat> See, we're supposed to submit ourselves to one another. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity wanteth not itself, is not puffed up. And the word charity in the King James Version means love. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things endureth all things charity never faileth but whether there be prophecies they shall fail whether there be tongues they shall cease whether there be knowledge it shall vanish away praise God when Jesus comes all of these things are going to be done away with for we know in part and we prophesy in part but when that which is perfect is come when Jesus comes then that which is in part shall be done away when I was a child I spake as a child I understood as a child I thought as a child when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I even know, even as I also am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three. But the greatest of these is charity or love. Brother, we've got to keep our love. Praise God. And when you see people around you, even in the church, beginning to forsake the principles of holiness, and you see them doing things that you know they ought not to do, don't begin to condemn. Don't begin to rail on them. Praise God. Have compassion. Have love. 
Amen. Don't get all upset yourself and lose the victory for yourself. Praise the Lord. The devil is going to try anything and everything that he can to destroy you. A man came to me that was married to a woman who was raised in a denominal church. And he came back after he'd been a backslider into the church and he prayed through. And uh, she came to church with him for a few times and then she went and started back to her church. And uh, she didn't give up her habits, her beer, and all of her ungodliness. And, and she made his life a very hell. And he came to me and he began to tell me about all the problems, all the things. Oh my, she does this, she does that, she does the other, she does this, she does that. And he says, I, I, I just don't have any hope for her. And I said, listen, praise God. I said, you've got to forget about this business. You've got to concentrate on yourself. You've got to be a little bit selfish when it comes to salvation. Don't let her destroy your salvation. You've got to hang on to God. Praise the Lord. It doesn't make any difference what somebody in your own home does. It doesn't make any difference what somebody in your own church group does. You've got to hang on to God. You've got to consecrate yourself to God. You've got to realize that the prize is worth working for and we're not earning it, praise the Lord. He gives us the power to do what we're supposed to do when He gives us the Holy Ghost. Amen. But we're going to hang in there. We're going to keep on keeping on. Praise the Lord because we're, we have been transformed from the world of darkness. We have been brought into the world of light. And brother, we want to stay in this world of light. Let's praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise your name. Thank you for the light. Thank you for your love. Thank you for our brothers and sisters. God of mercy, have compassion. Lord God, and don't let many be deceived. Oh God, my God, dear God, help us, Lord, help us, Lord, help us, Lord. Jesus, to hold steady. Praise God to the course. Stay on this highway of holiness. In the mighty name of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Yeah.